Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Rangers Reviews morning briefing uh, on the 2nd of December. It's 9.36. I'm joined by Stevie Clifford, but Stevie, it's not my fault that we're late, and I don't think it's your fault that we're late. It is Johnny McFarlane's fault. Johnny, can you let the audience know why, we are, why we're tuning in late today? Uh, because I've been kind of floundering around like a granddad on an unusual laptop. I'm a Mac guy. I've always been a Mac guy. And I'm having to get used to a new work PC, which is driving me mental. And it's also destroying my Mac skills because, you know, copy and paste and all that's different. And so I'm doing all sorts of weird crap on my computer at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I just could not work out how to turn on, first of all, my webcam and then secondly, my audio. So apologies to everyone for the six minute delay. It is indeed my fault. Yeah, this is uh, the technical levels that we are working at at the Rangers Review. Um, we're going to look back on Michael Beale's first Rangers press conference. We had a little bit of a chat last night, but this will give us a bit more time to kind of dive in um, to what he said. Just a reminder to subscribe on YouTube if you are watching and give us a like as well. That helps. And subscribe to our website, just uh, £1 for two months at the moment. Right, Stevie, I'm going to come uh, to you first because you... Uh, we're there um, with me in the, the Ibrox Blue Room yesterday, um, as, as was Adamski. Sorry, I can't speak. Um, Steve, what, what, what did you think, uh, Adia? What did you think about um, just, just Beal in general? How do you think he, he came across? In my opinion, I think he he's played that role quite well so far. He's enjoyed being the man in the middle. But, but what was your takeaway from the Ibrox Blue Room last night? Just kind of reconfirmed what I thought from Michael Beale. He certainly got a confidence. Um, he certainly got a very good way of speaking. When he does, you pay attention. You pay attention to, you know, what he's got to say. And I was very impressed by him. He he has an aura. He has a, a presence. He has a confidence around him. Um, I think he speaks very well. And I was intrigued by what he had to say um and he he he, he holds your attention joshua i think that's yeah. like what fair to say you're kind of encapsulated by what he's got to say and you're very intrigued by it all and i enjoyed it he had a, he had a lot of good things to say he took a lot away from it a little bit let's a little headline points and you know he, he says quite a lot and there's a lot you can take from it but the big thing was I think the emphasis was, and he said it several times, that he wants to get his ideas onto the pitch as quickly as he can. He wants to play attacking football. Again, he mentioned it. He wants to handbrake off. He wants players to attack. He wants it to take. And his exact same was he wants Rangers to take the game to the opposition every single time as early as possible. Just go and do it every single game. And everybody's highly focused on Hibs. That's the only concern at the moment, winning against Hibs and starting off, getting the journey going under him, getting some momentum, getting his ideas across. So it was really positive. Really, he, he seems to be really focused and really enthusiastic about the job ahead. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this era. Um, I've, I've said it previously about, you know, what we what I've thought about him and, and what things, you know, the things that he said, etc., and what I'm expecting of him. So yesterday just reconfirmed in my mind that, you know, I'm really positive about his appointment and I'm positive about um, Rangers under Michael Beale. 
Yeah, yeah. And I know you, Stevie, because there was the, the big broadcast presser and then there was also the opportunity um, for some, some more questions to Beal. I, I know you had, I think, some conversation, Stevie, about was it recruitment? Do you want to just fill us in on that? Because I know that's um, something that you've, you've written about quite extensively over the last few months. Yeah, well, um, there was obviously, there was a broadcast section which everyone would have seen went out live which you were afforded the opportunity to potentially ask a question. Time constraints, Joshua, as you knew, being there, most of us didn't get the opportunity, but it was then split into off-camera sections. One of them was fan media, and we were given the opportunity to, to sit with Michael Stewart-Robertson and with Ross Wilson. Again, very time-constricted, so I got the opportunity to ask just, just one thing, basically, and what I asked them was, um, and I, I I asked as well if there was a possibility to share this with people because it was very kind of off the record than what we spoke about. And it was fed back, absolutely. So what I asked them was, I said there was a concern not only from me but from the wider support that um, Michael won't get the final say in things that are happening, contracts, um, players coming in said that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst um, comments previously had caused ambiguity in terms of people not quite understanding or it, it just there was th certain things that were said and I cited for example Robbie McCrory's contract extension which we spoke about on here before when Robbie went and um, extended his contract Ross Wilson was on the press saying that Basically, you know, it's great for the future club, great for Robbie, etc. Then, you know, an hour later, we asked you of Annie Van Bronckhurst in a press conference, and he said that um, he didn't have any conversations with Robbie McCrory about his future, and he was unaware of, or he wasn't involved in the contract extension, which then causes huge issues. So it was put to Michael Beale, you know, would you have say in, in what happens and players coming in, and it was very important that we felt that he got a proper say and he wasn't just there to coach the team, but given full responsibility as manager. Michael Beale acknowledged it, said it was a great question, very fair, and said that he has complete control over who's coming into the club. He would have final say on everything. They would be working to his ideas and who he wanted in, and they were very firm on that. Likewise with contracts. He would have a big say on, on what's happening, especially with players staying in the squad, etc. And But he wouldn't be involved as such in the discussions, but that's normal for a director of football kind of um, you know model, which we all understood. It then went to Ross Wilson. Ross Wilson was very clear. Um, never will uh, Michael Beale have anyone pushed on him in terms of transfers coming on the door. Everyone will be of his say so very strong on that both of them um Stuart Robertson kind of had a, a small input on it and basically said you know <coughs> it is Michael Beale is the manager in name and also in practice he will have full control so there was a lot of things said like that he said something very interesting which we took out of it of that particular question he said a couple other things as well which is worth mentioning but from that Michael Beale said a lot of the players that are here now that came in in the summer are players that he was aware of with Ross Wilson one year ago before he left 
Ridvan Yilma has been a, a big one and he's already had conversations with Ridvan in his office about where he wants him to be and, and the kind of style he wants him to play at. And then and they're both Ridvan was very excited about his positioning and stuff. So that that I took that small snippet as being interesting because he's already aware of Ridvan. He'd already been tracking him at Rangers before he even left. And now he's come back and obviously he's here. So that was interesting for me. Um and they've they've already spoke about um some some potential names coming in, although Michael Beale was quick to stress that he is still in the process of identifying the squad and, and figuring out exactly what he needs. There was some good news on injury updates. Kamar Roof's obviously back on the training pitch. He mentioned him several times, Joshua. Yeah. Which I think worth raising, saying how important he was to him, how important he is to the squad, how important it is that we get him back on the pitch and scoring goals because he sees it as massive. He's, he's very enthusiastic about the potential of Cholak, Maria Lawson, Roof all playing at the same time. Didn't rule that out and said he, in fact, he said it was at the forefront of his mind to get as much firepower on the pitch as possible. He also said that the injury situation. He said centre-back-wise is looking a lot healthier and that we should see an instant boost by that. But it was then mentioned that Connor Goldson perhaps isn't ready. He's he's maybe a bit longer away. So I'm I'm taking from that potentially means like Sir Ben Davis, John Suter, Philip Hollander, all being the ones that might be available first. So that was a positive. Um, and then there was other wee bits about you know how he spoke about what, he wants to do on the pitch tactically and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting. As I said, I only got really got the one chance to to ask, and it, I, I felt like that was the most pertinent question that people have been asking about. Would he get a proper say? Would he be in complete control? Would it be Michael Beale's way? And all three of them, in fairness, were, were very adamant that it's Michael Beale's ball, it's his way forward, and he'll get the major say in it all. Yeah, great. Thanks for that, uh, Stevie. Um, I agree with Stevie's um, comments about the attack, Johnny. Obviously, uh, Beale said he wants, uh, he didn't give much away on, on camera, but he wants him to play closer together, which if you think about Van Bronckhorst football um, high and wide, it didn't really accommodate attackers like Roof, who maybe like to play in the central, but aren't always the, the central number nine striking option. Um, and I do think it's intriguing, as we referenced last night, that Roof's been mentioned so much because he has been so unavailable under Van Bronckhorst um, and part of that maybe uh, came into the fact last season that he, he wasn't called upon that much until Alfredo Morelos was injured. But I, I agree with Stevie, it certainly seems deliberate. I don't think Michael B would be making those comments, for example, if he didn't think there was an opportunity that Kima Roof um, could be given, given a lot of, uh, could potentially, sorry, go and play a lot of minutes for him. Uh, we'll go into more specific points, but just your general take, Johnny, on, on the press conference, because I know that uh, you were putting it to me last night, aside obviously from getting excited about the players wearing suits again. Yeah. <laughs> Stevie will like that as well, I'm quite sure. Um, men of a certain age are going to are going to get excited about that. There's no doubt about it. It's the return of standards. <laughs> yes. And um, it's important. Listen, it's one of these things that, okay, yeah, it's slightly old-fashioned. It's a bit your da. But it's what separates this club from many others. The traditions, the history, 150 years, only 18 managers. There's a lot of these things. And it's important Rangers don't 
lose their identity because that's what makes the club special. So I think that's why it's, a, it's an important element and why people like me are are, are kind of um, saying that it's a good thing. In terms of the overall presser, I thought Michael Beale came across really well, a very confident speaker. Listen, I've written and I've talked on here about how much I liked personally Giovanni van Bronckhorst, how I thought he was a generous, humane man who looked after people and ensured um, that, that the press conferences where he was at the club were very, very respectful. I also think it's safe to say that he was very media trained, that um, he was very dull a lot of the time and, and that's the way I think Rangers wanted it. He's, after Steven Gerrard, you dial it down a little bit, different type of manager. Um, you know, he, he didn't give a lot away. I don't think that's going to be the case with Michael Beale. I predict it might be a slight problem with Michael Beale occasionally, especially once emotions come into play because I think he's just, he's incapable of not being interesting. And I think you saw that immediately in the RTV interview loads of what we would call in the media lines, loads of really interesting little tidbits. Then the interview with uh, Sky, two parts, 13 or 14 minutes in total, loads of interesting little bits. And then yesterday, Josh, I mean, you're going to sit down after this and start picking through some of the maybe the little bits that, that, that he gave away that people maybe didn't quite pick up on. And there was lots of those uh, where, where we could almost have a podcast in of itself just drilling into the detail of what he said and what that might mean. So I thought it was it was it was really good, really solid. Um, didn't make any mistakes. Came across as a good communicator. Came across as, as Stevie says, as a guy with charisma and the ability to lead from the front. I don't think that's really ever been in doubt with Michael Beale, to be honest. And there's a lot of stuff about the experience, and I've said it myself, and it is right. It's not nonsense. There is an issue around that, and 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 we will see whether or not it's an issue for Michael Beale or not. It wasn't an issue for Graham Souness, it wasn't an issue for Walter Smith, and it wasn't an issue for Stephen Gerrard. You've got to hope that Mick Beale is cut from the same cloth. And um, I think there's every reason to believe that he has the quality about him to come in and do a good job here. What that means this season is another thing entirely. I think it would be winning the two cups. I think the league's gone. I don't know what Stevie thinks about that. I think realistically, it's not that I don't think Celtic can be beaten. And it's not that I don't think Rangers will now take points because I think... Michael Beale will, um, will make them a lot tougher proposition in these uh, old firm games. But I just don't think the Celtic team loses against teams that aren't Rangers. And, and that, 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 that for me is what kills the league. So the priority for Michael Beale is to create a, a monster, a machine that, that, that grinds out wins against uh, the, the lower lights of the league um, that can go to places like Pataudry and Hearts as well. And, and perform to a level that you're going to get results most of the time in these type of games. And then obviously show that level of improvement against Celtic and get the club back to where it was under Steven Gerrard, which was dominating that fixture. And then I think next season, that's the one where you say, right, it's time to see a really, really sustained battle to reclaim that title and, and hopefully do it at the first attempt. Um, but for me, it's very similar to what Alex McLeish faced when he came in um, after taking over from Dick Advocat in uh, 2000 and Stevie will correct me, three, I think, 2002, 2003, around that time, um, 2002, I think. Um, and the league was gone at that point under Advocat because uh, things were not going well. 
McLeish came in, got the players confident, regalvanized the whole squad, and then before you knew it, there was two trophies in the cabinet, and um, both claimed after old firm victories. So that's um, what I think is realistic. As I say, I'd be interested to see what Stevie thinks about that. Well, I think memory might be wrong here, but Alex McLeish took over in November 2001. Oh, so right, yeah. Wrong because one and two, we won the double. Two and three, we won the league. Yeah. Three and four, we lost it. Four and five, helicopter Sunday. So, yeah, I think that's how the, the memory goes. But I like, it's not my strong suit, as you can tell. Uh, I don't even know if I'm right. So, wait, wait till I find out. <laughs> um, I don't think we can concede anything. You know, we, we shouldn't. But I think that's not really the priority in front of us. I think what everybody wants to see is Michael Beale getting his ideas onto the pitch and, and Rangers becoming that machine that you talk about where, you know, it's not so much that we look at the league table, it's about getting a, you know, a run of games, a run of performances, starting to figure out exactly where the squad are under him, what we need, because we all have a fair idea of what we need, but he needs to then reconfirm that and, and see what he can do. And I, you know, I think that Michael Beale's very smart. He's, he's talked this squad up immediately. He spoke about certain individuals. He spoke a lot yesterday about Ryan Kent as well, about, you know, one of the first things he did was spoke, speak to him and, and see where he was, look in his eyes. And is he still committed to this club? You know, what does he need to get back to to get the very best out of him? Where do we need to position him on the pitch to get the very best out of him? And, you know, that was all positive from his point of view, the way he spoke and the things he said. So I think, you know, ideally, immediately what we're looking to do is just get an immediate, like, kind of uprising in form and performance and start winning games. You know, I don't think we need to concern ourselves with the league table or what's going on over the road so much. You know, let's concentrate on ourselves. I think we've got four four games, five games, maybe in a, in a quick succession before we play them and, and the new year, let's start putting down some markers in terms of our own performance, in terms of where we can go. And then when we play them, we've got to to chip away because where we were under Van Bronckhurst, the performances away from home against Celtic were not good enough. Um, and then the performance at home didn't really threaten them as much as we should have, although we controlled maybe much of the ball. They maybe allowed that. Hamden was a lot, lot better. So we had felt, you know, then they went to to, to Parkhead and got a, a fairly reasonable point, which was the outlier in between the two really bad defeats. So there wasn't ever a, 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 a sort of moment under Van Bronckhurst where he truly got ahead of them. And what Michael Beale needs to do is get back to what he had before in those big games, but with regard to conceding leagues and stuff, we, as a football club, we should never do that. We just need to keep winning, try and get the identity back on the pitch and, and, and get those results in, and then the rest will quickly follow. I think that was something he said yesterday as well. That's his main priority straight away is to try and get that, you know, try and get his ideas onto the pitch, try and get these players playing the way he wants, try and get excite the crowd and and again to repeat what you said before that he, he said you know handbrake off let's go for teams let's really go so that becomes our priority johnny more to my in my opinion than really worrying about anything else you know all of a sudden if you put four or five results together 
things will look better, we'll get a better picture of where the squad are, what we need, um, where it's going, and then the rest of it will, will take care. You know, it is a huge gap and it is almost impossible considering the way that Celtic have, have been fairly relentless in the last calendar year or so. But we don't really need to concern ourselves with that at this moment. Focus should be on us trying to get an identity on the pitch, trying to get performances, trying to get that relentless kind of machine that you talk about against other teams and then the games against them will take care of ourselves. And I don't sit here and under any, you know, delusions of kind of grandeur in, in terms of what we can or can't do in the league. All I'm looking for now is, you know, that we put down markers, that we really perform, we go and get our ideas, we turn this into something that can really get built on and, and, and we start to see that momentum, which is huge at the club and huge in football. So this is all things that I'm looking for first before I worry about anything else. Yeah, um, let's talk about style then, Stevie, um, because Michael Beale did give a little bit away in the broadcast presser about how he wants his Rangers team to look. Um, he said, I'll read his answer, he said, um, it's going to be on the front foot, we want to play like the big team, be exciting to watch. I think that's the first thing, it has to be exciting to play in uh, on a daily basis and it's got to be about this group now, perhaps referencing the, the different group to, to what he had last time. He says that this group is slightly different to the one last time I was here. We've got to take the ball and we've got to attack. And, and this is, I think, the, the key bit. I'd like us to uh, to see us run forward a little bit more off the ball, I think be a little bit more aggressive out of possession and play a little bit closer together, play more compact on and off the ball. And I think you will see a little bit more variety. So kind, kind of confirming what we know, Johnny, about Beal's uh, football, we've got a piece on the website which kind of um, tries to predict how Beal will set up his Rangers team. But we know those principles of play about compacting the pitch, trying to make it small, pressing packs, um, definitely be a lot harder to play against. One of the key reasons under Gerard that Rangers never really got uh, trounced in Europe, in my opinion, despite the, the gap being bigger financially um, at points between, uh, between teams back in the early days of his Europa League campaigns. Um, what did you make of Beal's comments about how he's going to set up and and, and maybe how, how do you think that will benefit this squad domestically? Because it's interesting that he mentions that this squad is slightly different, so maybe we should expect to see a slightly different product. Yeah, he was he was keen to point out that there was going to be subtle changes. I think he actually said subtle changes, didn't he? Um, and he stressed that a couple of times in the broadcast presser that he would be looking to change things based around what he's learned in his time away from the club. Uh, he's obviously been a Premier League man, um, assistant and been a manager in his own right, and he will have developed and changed as a person. He will be sitting there as a different guy than he was a year ago because you don't go through such a significant um, career change without learning from it. So I would fully expect the 4-3-2-1 system to be back in place for quite a lot of games, whether or not it's such a firm fixture as it has been in the past uh, under Steven Gerrard, I, I probably don't think so. But there's a level of stability and strength and just basic accountability that you can get from the players playing that formation um, that we know the team already have. I think the one element of it that's going to be really interesting is the midfield. We know the midfield has been misfunctioning. It's uh, not been producing in terms of uh, getting beyond and scoring goals or creating or even really controlling games under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. It's going to be very interesting to see 
if Glenn Kamara comes straight back into that sort of Michael Beale left centre midfield berth where he's expected to shuttle back and cover the fullback, whether it be Ridvan or Borna Barisic, um, uh, with Stephen Davis probably in the middle doing a sort of creative uh, role. I'm not going to use the word that Stevie slaughtered me for on Twitter. Uh, needless to say, okay. it's slightly pretentious. And if you want to do it or you want to find out what it is, just play football manager and have a think about Andrea Pirlo. Um, so, yeah, Davis in there as a kind of dictating the play style, style midfielder. And then you, you've got the question mark on who plays on the right. I mean, Ryan Kent, uh, Ryan Jack, sorry, we know has played that role before superbly well, but whether or not he's fit enough to play, you know, three games a week and, and every time or not is another story. So you look at John Lundstrom potentially being in there, didn't really set the header alight in that role under Stephen Gerrard. It was Giovanni Van Bronckhorst moving him to a different role that kind of unleashed the John Lundstrom that we uh, know today. So I don't, I, I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say. I mean, is that the midfield that you think he's going to adopt or do you think he's going to do something more radical? For me, it's just it's just kind of a no-brainer that you bring Kamara back into his best position and and allow him to function. He's the the one midfielder Rangers have that is absolutely in his peak at 25, 26 years old and um and, and has the ability to, to to immediately upgrade that midfield and also do the dirty work that we know Beale expects from that kind of maybe almost more functional midfield, quite similar to the way Liverpool operate, uh, and allows his attacking players to go and have the freedom to express themselves. I, I think it'll be a point here from friend of the show again, Adamski, who was in that uh, uh, briefing that Stevie references, uh, saying that he was full of praise, Beal for Yomas and Tillman afterwards. I think we'll see either Tillman or Roof as the right-sided 10. I, I think it'll be more of Kamara and someone else in a, in a two at the base of midfield, more towards what it was at the end of Beal and Gerrard's era as opposed to three central midfielders domestically. I don't think that'll be the case. Might well be Kamara and Lundstrom or Kamara and Davis. And I think then you'll maybe see Tillman as the, the third midfielder in that contingent or a Lawrence when he's back fit. But someone who goes and joins the front three and then the front three... Could, you, you could Adam could maybe get his, his wish of finally seeing Morelos uh, playing off off the right, not the actual right hand side, but because he's part of, of maybe a front three in, in a different way. Um, if he was to play up there with Cholak, and and people think of that in quite a binary way to up top, I think. Um, but Beal will effectively really, I think, focus on having lots of central overloads, trying to get attackers in the box uh, to attack crosses. Probably have width coming uh, from fullbacks, you'd imagine. So I think that op uh, opens up a lot of possibilities because you've also got Yanis Hadji coming back in there. What will they do with Rabi Matondo? I think that's that's really interesting. But but structurally, I, I don't see him going back to the, the three midfielders because I don't think Rangers need that. Um, I think if you've got two midfielders who control, and again, not defensive midfielders, but as we spoke about yesterday, midfielders who can help keep the balance, facilitate Yomaz and Tavernier going forward and ensure that Rangers are able to remain compact and aggressive when they do lose the ball. Um, but I think Tillman is, is going to be one of the big winners of this managerial uh, change. Uh, watching the, the open training yesterday, I know you can only take so much from these types of things. Um, and we can speak about that a bit later. But I thought Tillman, um, you, when you watch him up close, you just see what a, a classy player he is. So technically able and still Choo -choo. so... Yeah, there you go. So I, I think the fact if he plays with more players around him, closer together in, in a system that's maybe more accommodating to his style of football... Um, then I, I think you could you could see um, the best of him, Stevie. What what do you think about how Rangers are going to set up? Who do you want to see in there um, on on that first game against Hibs? Because what you also said, which I thought was a good line, is I'm not going to give too much away, but 
people should be excited to watch the team on the 15th of December against Hibs. And I think people will be anticipating there'll be a lot of pressure on a fast um, brand of, of attacking football. Um, but, but who do you think will start on that day again, injury, injury permitting against Hibs? Well, it really is. It's, it's injuries. One of the, the, the small other lines that I took from yesterday is when he mentioned about Ridvan, he also said that, that that's not a, a short-term injury. So it may be problematic in terms of where we're, when we're going to see him back on the left-hand side. I think he could be hugely, you know, he could benefit hugely from Michael Beal being there. He, he seems like he's the, the, the very type of player that, that Michael Beal might like. You know, I still think it fairly picks itself. But Kamar Roof being back, he obviously spoke about him. I think he comes right into the reckoning. I think you'll get an immediate uplift from where he plays Ryan Kent. Kamar Roof will come in that right-hand side, I would expect. And then the front man, you know, is, again, it's up for grabs. He said that, he spoke about Alfredo Morelos quite a bit, and he said that, you know, there's been obvious questions about his fitness and his attitude, but, you know, he spoke to him, he's, he's looked at him, he he thought that Steven Gerrard handled him superbly. And if, if you know, the way he's trained the last couple of days is anything to go by, then he's ready and, you know, and firing. So, obviously, these are, these are things that you would expect him to say, you would expect him to talk it up, but... It's funny when Johnny was talking about the midfield there and he, and he talked about John Lundstrom. Um, what I will say is I've previously spoken to Michael Beale about John Lundstrom and he was the key signing for Michael Beale. It's one that him and Stephen Gerrard pushed for and they were really excited about. Now, John Lundstrom's only 28. When you look at the, the other midfielders being slightly older, we spoke about Kamara being at prime age, perhaps being 25, 26. Well, John Lundstrom is in prime age as well, and I can't see him suddenly being pushed aside. I think that Michael Beale will have a big role for John Lundstrom, and it should be. You know, your midfielders going forward should be, you know, kind of based around him. I know we've spoke a lot about Stephen Davis and, you know, Ryan Jack, but availability-wise, you know, Ryan Jack is, is not somebody that I think we can kind of rely on. And Stephen Davis is obviously 37 years old, so... Again, Michael Beale said age doesn't matter, which it doesn't. But going forward, I, I just think that Lundstrom's going to be key. So I don't really see him being pushed aside, especially given prior conversations with Michael Beale around him. But with regards to Glenn Kamara, that left-sided, he, he said something about Ridvan as well, about his positioning and him having insurance and that insurance behind him. And you would imagine that that's the way he's going to play. It'd be quite high full-backs inside 10s, striker, midfielders then covering and, and be able to, to base on, on the two. And Michael Beale actually said as well, if you look at, and, and he used it not as his signature kind of um, performance, but he spoke a lot about Porto away and how balanced they were and how, you know, set up they were. I think there was that, that was where um, the boy on, on Twitter called Football Stewart posted that lovely picture of the Rangers formation off the ball. And it was beautifully symmetrical, like a Christmas tree. And it was perfect off the ball organisation and everything else. I think that's what we'll get from Michael Beale. Off the ball, very organised. On the ball, we will be very attack-wise. So personnel-wise, it's difficult to predict who's going to play against Hibs, Joshua, because we just don't know who's available. I would really like to see 
John Suter back on the pitch because on that right side when Connor Goldson isn't there, I think that's perfectly ideal for him to play there next to Ben Davis. I think that could be a, a fairly solid partnership. And don't forget, a lot of people have written off John Suter, but he was the same John Suter that in the Scottish Cup final played so well against us and we were all really excited about seeing him. So let's hope he gets back to fitness. Born on the left, Tav on the right, midfield, Kamara, Lundstrom, and then your attack's going to be Ryan Kent. It's going to maybe be, you know, Cholak, Morelos, Roof, Tillman. It's all between that. So difficult to predict it, but what I am looking forward to from that game is a proper identity, proper attacking football. Michael Beale also said something that, again, excited me and interested me at the same time. He said we need to be more direct. That doesn't mean hoofing the ball, I think was exactly his words. He doesn't doesn't mean hoofing the football to a certain place, but it means playing with more purpose. And we've spoken a lot about it on here, and I've said it a lot about Rangers being very passive, knocking the ball about for the sake of knocking it about. He wants them playing with a lot more intent, a lot more, uh, a lot more ability to hurt teams and make it purposeful. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm really hopeful that that's what we're about to see. Yeah, uh, Johnny, a few more points before we um, come to a close. Uh, Andrew Webster here saying players look to be enjoying the training session the club posted on YouTube. Now, I was up at the open training uh, for about 20 minutes of the, the training they let you see yesterday, and I agree with that. Andrew, obviously, it's easy to not read into these things or read into these things um, too much. But, but Johnny, what... Um, Beal, I think we'll we'll need to continue to get the right balance between is um, acknowledging the issues that are there, and I think he has done that. But he also is putting a lot of belief into these players, which I'm, I'm sure will be be key for them. But I just want to raise another comment here as well, um, if I can find it um, from Scott's Welder, um, saying don't want to get, fall into the trap of believing the squad doesn't require a rebuild because it definitely does, and I think that's a key point. Obviously, there's a lot of optimism about Beal and I think when any new manager comes in they deserve the benefit of the doubt you want to explore their ideas kind of predict what they're going to try and do but amidst any of this I don't think anyone can get away from the fact that this squad does require major surgery uh, next summer even if Beal is going to assess it and see where he is so it's striking that balance between getting them playing in the short term but then also knowing long term Rangers need a, a real rebuild rather than a refresh next summer do you think that's fair? I do think it's fair, but I also think that the players have an opportunity to prove us all wrong. And, uh, you know, for example, if the players can go out, get themselves fit, claw back the, the, the at least some of the gap, um, win trophies, then they'll find that Glasgow is a much nicer place to live, a much um, more amenable place to, to be around than it's been this season. Um, fundamentally, it's very, very difficult to be a Rangers player amidst failure. I mean, that's that's just obvious. And everyone who's pulled on the jersey has uh, experienced that if they've gone through a tough period. Uh, and th these players have gone through that under Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Uh, it's now up to them under Michael Beal to show what they can do. Fundamentally, though, Josh, um, I don't think you can get away from the fact that the injuries combined with poor form, combined with some signings that haven't worked, have, have led us to this point. And um, there'll need to be a, a root and branch review of, of that over the, the weeks and months ahead. 
I think most of us uh, would look at the situation and say there's an, an excitement about what Michael Beale could do with this squad if everyone's fit. But it's one thing saying it, and it's another actually being fit. I've noticed a lot of the comments yeah. and people are talking about us mentioning Kemar Roof, and and people are rightly pointing out that, that this has all been said before about Kemar Roof. He's one of these guys, if you get him fit and firing. What I would say to that um, is that sometimes... Uh, a player's passion to be part of a project or to be part of a manager's team is as important as his physical fitness, his psychological fitness. This is something that isn't really talked about very often, but is massive in football. The desire to go out and play every game, even when you're not 100%, can push you over the line to be a much more productive squad member. And if Michael Beale can get inside Kemar Roof's head, get him right, make him feel loved, put his arm around the shoulder. I'm led to believe that KMR Roof responds to that kind of management. Then I think he could be a huge team member. And, and I think Stevie's right to point out Michael Beale is a spark guy. And I think there'll be a number of players within that squad he'll be targeting to get in and about, to get in their heads and to try and get more from them. And it may be that, that they prove us, us all wrong. And I think every Rangers fan will hope that they do. Um, but there's no doubt that, that at least some players will need to be brought in, especially, I think, in the midfield area to freshen that up. There needs to be a, a reduction in the age, the average age of the squad. It's the oldest in the Premiership. And the only way that Rangers can do that is by going out and, and, and bringing in players. I don't think that the youth system at the moment has got enough players of absolute quality that they're going to come into a team packed with internationals and immediate replacement immediately replace them. And I say that as someone who thinks that there is quality coming out of the academy, but I think there will have to be transfers made. Um, and as I say, it's up to the players to show how many transfers need to be made in the weeks ahead. Absolutely. Well, I think I'm going to call it there today because we've almost hit uh, 40 minutes. Um, over 700 people on with us this morning. So do please subscribe to the YouTube channel where we have this morning just hit 10,000 subscribers. So that's exciting. Thanks, everyone who has already subscribed. You can also subscribe to the website. The link is in the description um, and in the comments and at the ticker below as well. And we're going to be back on Monday, but there'll be loads of content over on the website for you over the weekend. Uh, I believe a big interview with uh, Davey Weir is that this weekend that's going out, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's full of terrific stuff. Um, Davey Weir um, reflecting on his time uh, under Walter Smith and the effect that um, Walter's passings had on him, um, which uh, which is very emotional interview to uh, discussing, and and it's just a terrific piece and, and loads of detail in there about his time uh, as assistant manager at the club as well. So it's a, it's a crack and read done in two parts, with the second part being uh, a real look into his role at Brighton because Davy's gone in as a loans manager and has worked his way up to, to being the technical director at Brighton. So he's got a really important job at a Premier League club there and some fascinating detail about what he's doing and uh, working under this very, very exciting new Italian manager who, Josh, I'm sure you'll be able to wax lyrical about for, for months on end because he does sound to be a, a tactical uh, innovator. And and so, so, so look out for it uh, Saturday and Sunday. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll do look out for that, as Johnny says. Thanks, everyone, very much for watching. As ever, and your continued support, we'll be back on Monday morning at half past nine. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day.